It's tip rich. What I like about this blog is it's so tip rich. God, the tip is just so rich. I love how rich your tips are. Your tips are so rich. Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. <laughs> Thanks, Pop Pop. What else? Hey, guys, how about a hand for my Pop Pop? Thanks, Pop Pop. Too many interesting small businesses fail because the founders, though they have great ideas, right? They didn't understand the basics of sustainable, independent business, and we're here to fill in those gaps. We are uh, Corbett, Caleb, and Chase of The Fizzle Show. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If we were characters in The Avengers, I think he'd be Captain America, right? Sort of strong, by the book, a little bit old school. Caleb Wojcik, he'd be Thor. Lots of brotherly love, uh, cosmic power, and a big old swinging hammer. <laughs> and me, Chase Reeves. This is where I kind of need your help. I, I, I'm not sure which one I'd be. So let me know who you think I'd be of the Avengers in the comments at fizzleshow.co slash 43 for episode 43. And that's where you can follow along the show notes on this episode. In this episode, we answer four questions from listeners, okay? Getting into things like uh, keeping up steady sales after you've launched your product, uh, the risk of partnership and how to navigate these sorts of things safely, the difference between a business and a, quote, passive income stream, and the heart-wrenching sound of an 18-year-old reaching higher, as well as some killer stories about Caleb in college. (laughs) I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. All right, guys. So, uh, K- Corbett, Caleb, good to talk to you guys again. K- Corbett, how is Mexico? Uh, it's full of fun and sun and uh, Mexican people. <laughs> Man, I just listened to, uh, r- do you know who Ron White is? Yeah, you know who Ron White is. Yeah, one of the, one of the what, blue-collar comedy guys or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's the darkest blue-collar he's comedy the guy tour that, guy. He's the guy that only drinks well, yeah, he's, he's yeah. just got a scotch and a cigar up there, and he's all floating down the river, pissing on yourself. <laughs> and I just love him so much. He's so great. Um, and he was on WTF with Mark Marin, and uh, there was a st- there was a time in his career when he basically he he just was like, you know what, screw this, and he moved down to Mexico and started a pottery uh, business, <laughs> like you do. Hey, um, well, I I wanted to tell you guys. <laughs> Do we have fizzle pottery now? No, it's it's not fizzle pottery. It's existential pottery. We just we just lost our pottery contingency. Uh, I love that, Caleb. From uh, from what what was it? We lost what contingency? Uh, oh, oh, what was it? What was it? We just lost our whole contingent. I hope that some listeners out there were like filling in the blank. Uh, I hope they're Barrett, yelling. Barrett Brooks tweeted it. I know he loved. It. Anyways, I I like a, a, oh, it was Zynga. What? Zynga! We just lost our whole Zynga contingency. Uh, or contingent. What, what is the word for that? I don't know. Um, so, okay. Anyways, there's a... Look at that. See how we did that? We just kind of warmed each other up there a little bit. A little bit of kiss on the cheek. A little how are you? And now we're, we're going to get back... Get, get right into the meat and potatoes. Little how's your father? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And moving on. Yeah, I don't <laughs> so, think we should try to explain that one. <laughs> Corbett's over there shitting in tall cotton. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't even he doesn't even know who he is right now. That's that's what I say to my my friends and I say to each other when we're like we're like out and we probably had like one too many. And it's kind of like you don't even know who you are right now, do you? <laughs> you just kind of look at him and grin and be like, nope. <laughs> so we're gonna answer some listener listener questions today. We we get lots of questions and and I love hearing from you guys. Corbett, you like answering questions, don't you? 
Depends on the question. Caleb, <laughs> what's your feeling about answering questions? No, I like these ones. They're you're good. They're good ones. So you've been doing the work to uh, to curate to give us a little bit of an overview on what we're going to get into right now. Yeah, I mean, we get them from all over, honestly, because we get voicemails. We get some people asking in the forums or email, iTunes reviews. We have a woofoo form. They're like from everywhere. So <laughs> not just <Woo-foo>. a form. <laughs> not just any form. <laughs> not just any form. It's a woofoo form. <laughs> Those kids are coming out with the craziest company names these days. So I think we should just get right into it. Uh, how many questions do you think we're going to get through today? Guys, want to take some over-under bets on this? <laughs> over-under. I, I don't know. Honestly, what... I think we should do some lightning rounds because we're we're piling up some questions here. Okay. All right. All right. So you've done some work to to categorize some of these questions earlier on. What what are we going to deal with first? Then want to jump in the first one? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're we're waiting on the edge of our seats. <laughs> I am. I'm literally. I have a stool and I'm on the edge of it. So the first one here is from Paige. Let's take a listen. Hey guys. This is Paige. I've got a question for you about uh, keeping up revenue streams, keeping them going. I've got a site called Simple Mindfulness, Simple Steps to a Happier Life. And I write about and offer products that help people to make changes to bring more happiness into their life. Last year, I released my first program and the launch went very well. But a couple months after the launch, sales pretty much petered out and not much has happened over the, the course of the year. And I'm wondering what I can do, what ideas you guys have for keeping some kind of a steady revenue stream going. Um, I also have affiliate links for some other programs that complement the things that I put on my site. So um, just what are your ideas for, for keeping things going? I've got a banner in the sidebar, banner below every post, which goes out with every post that I write. So I'm, I'm keeping it in front of my readers, keeping it front of mine. Uh, just wondering what ide- other ideas you guys have. You know what I mean, Chase? Oh, oh, oh Paige. Gosh, thank you for that. That was a that little was bit a of zinger. a that was a That was a little dig at the end there. You know she what got I mean? Me. It's good. It's good. I could take it. I could take it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, one of the uh, Fizzle Show listeners' f- favorite things to do is to uh, is to jib and jab at me in the comments of our iTunes section about, like, could you please stop saying, do you know what I mean, Chase? Chase, could you please stop saying that? And I'm conscious of it. But it's a drinking game, and I do it for the people. I'm sacrificing my body and my reputation for you people, okay? So I want to make sure that those who are out there that you're really trying to forget about their problems have enough opportunities to take those shots. Do you know what I mean? Sure. You don't want to let the people down. I read an iTunes review where they said the episode would be half as long if Chase quit saying that. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Wow. It's so harsh. It's so harsh. It's okay. It's okay. You know, it's like... It's it. My dad. My dad is rude, but at least he's there. You know what I mean. It's like that's how I feel about these comments. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like you know what? <laughs> I, I wish, I wish he was more loving and kind and tender. But at least he's there, and that's how I feel about these comments. I'm. And that's all I have to say about that. Okay, so we got Paige asking about. Oh, she launched a product. It went well during launch time. Uh oh, we lost Corbett. Corbett is okay. gone. Corbett, what did you just say? Corbett, Corbett is, is the, the gun. gun. <laughs> uh, 
At this point, we were experiencing some technical difficulties with Skype. It's an internet application that is, uh, it leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of, uh, well, anyways, we lost Corbett. He's in Mexico. And, oh, he's back. Yeah, I lost you at something <laughs> about, at least you said my, my dad is something. Uh, my dad is mean or boring or something. I don't know. My dad might, might not be kind, but at least he's there, you know? And that, that's the way I feel about the commenters who may not be kind, but at least they're there. And to be honest, like my dad had some pretty good reasons to sort of be violent with me. Th- these commenters have some pretty good reasons to be like, Jace, you do say that way, way too much. And I'm trying, folks. I really am. But like I said, there's some folks who really need to drink, and I'm, I'm principally looking out for them. Because there is a drinking game that you take a shot every time I say, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, you know what I, mean? I just feel bad for Paige because, first of all, it took us a few months to get to her question. And second of all, it's taking <laughs> us a few months to answer it after we fielded it. Okay, so, so Caleb, give me the rundown uh, as you hear it f- of what Paige is asking. So she released her first program a little bit ago and sales went well, but then they petered out is the term she used. Peter. And she's asking, how do you keep up revenue streams of all these different things you've launched over time? How do you keep mm-hmm. selling things that have been for sale for a while? <sighs> My first answer would yeah. be launch a new product. That always leads well, to more sales. What do you mean? Tell me about, tell me what you mean by that. Well, something that I've heard, um, you know, the guys from Fog Creek Software, Joel Spolsky, he ran a really popular yep. blog for a long time on, on software. Yeah, he also was like one of the original team members on the Excel program for, for Windows. That's true. That's true. Anyhow, uh, he said that hands down, nothing had a greater impact on revenue for his company he had watched for a decade or whatever than releasing a new version of the software. That was always the Mm. thing that led to a big revenue bump. And the same thing is true for us. The biggest revenue bumps that we've ever seen were always from releasing a new product. Just because there's all this excitement and you can sell to existing customers and there's this build-up. Or updating an existing one. Or updating an existing one, exactly. So short of that, even, you know, if if Paige doesn't want to release a new product, I mean, I, I would suggest that she should if she's not earning what she needs to from this existing product and it's just. Uh, you know, it sounds like it's an ebook or something. Um, short of that, th- she needs to make it exciting. You know, a, a banner ad in an email isn't going to compel people to sign up. She needs to mm. sort of relaunch or or refresh it, or um, at least give people compelling reasons now and then. Instead of just having a banner ad, why not in the content in the blog post itself that you're sending out, actually talk about the product and why people might you know want to sign up, why it might be good for them. Um, just remind people that it's there and that it's good. And then occasionally from time to time, maybe find a reason to come up with a sale or to add some sort of bonus to the product or like Caleb said, come out yeah. with a new version. Just do things with it to put it out there and make it exciting again instead of just expecting people to kind of stumble upon it and and sign up even though it's already been around and kind of collecting dust for a year or whatever. Yeah, I like I like the way you talk about uh, like it makes me think of some sort of a you know a quote a, co- a content schedule of some kind uh, some sort of content schedule that uh, is getting at the bits and pieces of that the course or uh, I think she calls it a uh, a program uh, that the program gets to. So if the program teaches you how to throw three bullseyes in a row in darts, like you could start talking about like maybe there's ten there's ten. Uh, principles of bullseye throwing right you can talk about two or three or four of them and 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 really really make some great stuff action-packed tip rich tip tip rich hey i like that i just coined that right now and i, 
I like it's tip rich. What I like about this blog is it's so tip rich. God, the tip is just so rich. I love how rich your tips are. Your tips are so rich. I kind of, I guess I was kind of going into a Brian Regan thing there in someone. <laughs> trying. Trying. Really? I was mostly just yelling. Really just like. But I, <laughs> I, I, every time I use the word tip, like a tip or trick or hack, I kind of giggle to myself. Because though the word is effective, like I, I'm, I'm also addicted to tips. But like, and now that I, now that I hear tip and like in terms, in, the, in terms of like just the tip. <laughs> And now I can't see. Now I can't say tip without without a without kind of giggling. But but it's also like just such a gimmick. Like I heard someone saying, everything these days is a tip. It's just a tip. All people want is a tip, and there's no like actual substantial, meaningful uh, stuff happening. No, uh, so, but regardless of that, try to make it. Uh, you know, tips are great because they're sexy. It's like, oh yeah, instead of doing it like this, tie your shoes this other way, and now they don't come undone. Like that's actually a tip. Very small, meaningful, and and helpful. But there's also like very rich sort of rich tips you could get into, or more like education, training, professional type stuff that can get that can educate people about your product uh, or about you know this step which is just one of many in your program so creating a bit of a of a content uh oh god there's that word again content creating a bit of of a uh a series of of articles that you could write that that sort of illuminate some of the darkest and scariest parts of the things that people who would buy your product are thinking about would would be one tip from me Hot tip. Rich tip. Rich tip. Hot rich tip. Hot rich tips dot biz. Caleb. Real estate. Sales. Caleb, can you save us from this downward spiral? Uh, no, you got something? No. You got something else what, for Paige? Yeah. Come on, let's help Paige here. I, I think the biggest thing is what you already said, like releasing yeah. a new version. Because, I mean, we use Brett Kelly as an example all the time, but he's on his probably fourth version of Evernote mm-hmm. Essentials at mm-hmm. this point. And every time he updates it, because the software updates, and it's just another reason for people to uh, to check it out, to buy it again. People that have already bought it already get it for free, so it's not like you're selling to the same people again, but you're finding new customers. And Nathan Berry did this with his app design handbook. He updated it for iOS 7. He was hesitant to even do so, and you know, him and I in the mastermind call were like, well, if you don't want to write it, find someone else to co-write the book with. You know, to update it to iOS 7 because it was all a buzz about designing your apps to look like iOS 7 apps and everything. And so he found a co-author, split the, you know, split the revenue from relaunching it and, you know, a whole bunch more sales, a whole bunch more people that were impacted and could learn how to design apps for that. So, you know, releasing a new update to it is a little bit harder when what you're talking about isn't software related that doesn't get updated but you can still just add more to it. You can incorporate feedback from others. Maybe like, mm-hmm. you know, Diane had these five questions and here's some, here's some great things to think about uh, in response. You know, things like that where you're adding pieces on top of it. So I think you're right. Uh, both of you guys are right, like, like you typically are. Uh, and the, so updating that, what I'm hearing is two things. Updating the pro- product or the program or, or however it's called. And then... Uh, Somehow, in doing more, like you're writing page about this thing, uh, or about the the topics that your program addresses. So keep making reference to this thing, 
letting people know about it. And and in some ways, this is where language becomes really effective. Like if you ha- develop some sort of a, if you created some sort of acronym for for your mindfulness system, it's like the PAGE system, P for program, A for ad- adults, I for interesting, G for good, e, whatever, right? You could say like, here's, here's the I of the page program. And now I'm interested in terms of what the other letters are, you know? So whereas, so that, that little, little bit of language can sometimes go a long way in that environment. And then another way would be to slowly introduce new audience members to whatever you have offered in the past. So something we used to do at Think Traffic was we had this series of emails that people would get and, yeah. you know, one out of every four, there would be a soft mention for something like Star Blog that Matters or Fizzle or what so have you. So soft. Yeah. Well, just a little soft Such mention. Such a soft mention. Just be a little whisper. Yeah. Good God. The soft mat. Good God. Yeah, um, no, but okay. that's, that's absolutely correct. And and one one last thing. Um, Paige mentioned that she launched the thing and it did well and then there was a lull afterwards and it kind of faded. That's normal. That happens. You know, yeah, it's like happens, when you launch yeah. something, it's a big deal. There's a lot of reason for people to buy because it's new and because you're talking about it so much. And then after that, you got to kind of, you know, keep the, it's like marriage, you know, you got to keep the fire alive. Marriage. Ma- marriage is what brings, brings us, us together today. today. <laughs> All right, Paige, I hope you don't find any rodents of unusually large size. Oh, wait, wait, rodents. What is it? R-O-U-T-S? Rodents of unusual, R O U S. What? What? What were they called? What? (laughs) (laughs) What? Why does everything smell like toast? Uh, No, the rodents of unusually of unusual size. Right in in Princess Bride. Oh, hold on! Now you've got me. I'm gonna. It's just yeah. It's just rodents of unusual size. R O U S. <laughs> All right, I love the idea for these. Okay, Paige, hope, hope that. I'm sorry, I was looking at the pictures of the Rous. And I'm just like, what an awesome idea. Okay, uh, Paige, I hope that was helpful. I hope that uh, that answers your question. Caleb, let's uh, let's jump into another one. Okay, we have one here from Harley about accounting, partnerships, LLCs, bank accounts, fun stuff like that. Hi guys, this is Harley calling, and my question is a mashup of episodes 9 about accounting and 15 about partnerships. My business partner and I are starting up a site dedicated to helping people get healthy by eliminating confusion in the paleo versus vegan fight. It's called thehealthitarians.com. I want to open a bank account for the business, like you recommended in episode 9, but I'm unsure of how to go about that since it is a partnership. My question is, do we need to file as an LLC right away and open an account as that entity? Just curious about your thoughts. And to you guys listening, these guys hardly ever plug their own courses, so I want to do it for them. I listened to the show for a while, then signed up for Fizzle. It's so worth it. It's the best kick in the ass a dollar can buy. Thanks for the great show and all the help you've given me. Oh, Harley, you're awful kind. Wow, I didn't expect Thanks, that. Thanks, man. Caleb, you, you yeah. kind of sandbagged us on that one. Yeah, you didn't even tell us about Oops, it. I didn't tell you that part. I wanted a natural reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Harley. Harley's in uh, Santa Cruz, and then he went to Hawaii uh, for a while. Like He just emailed. He's like, I've been in Hawaii for the last several months, and I've been figuring things out. Now I'm going to Boston, and I've got it all sorted out. So I'm, I'm happy to see where he goes. Um, okay, so listen, you guys, I'm going to check out on the answer to this one because I... <laughs> Shh. 
you, know, you can a- you can answer the question. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> um, Harley, that was awesome. Wouldn't that be cool if that became a meme where when people wrote questions in, they plugged Fizzle for us? Just thinking. Oh, that just was, thinking. That was that was a subtle, <laughs> soft tip, Corbett. <laughs> So, oh, it's not a rich tip. It's a soft one. It's, no, it's not rich. So listen, it's poor tip. Listen, here's the thing. <laughs> it's a poor tip. <laughs> it's not even incorporated as an LLC. So should Harley get it become an LLC first or well, what? Well, he has to be careful because he threw around a word there, partnership. And partnership is a thing that a lot of people think about. You know, you go into business with somebody else and you're partners, right? You're just doing business together and you just kind of assume you're splitting everything 50-50 and blah, blah, blah. And the issue is that if you don't figure out the structure of the business and put everything in writing and figure out who owns what, who's contributing what, how you split things, and so on, then by default, you are a partnership. That's kind of the the default legal structure that you fall into if you're working with someone else and you don't define everything up front. And there's a big problem with a partnership. First of all, of course, if you don't set you know who owns what, then you are 50-50, and maybe that's not what one of you is expecting. And the second thing is that as partners, you each have the ability to obligate the other partners from a financial and legal standpoint if you enter into contracts or um, you know take out lines of credit or whatever it is. So it's a really messy thing to get into. And in most cases, it's probably not a great idea. And of course, I'm not a lawyer. Take this with a grain of salt. Talk to a lawyer if you're concerned about this or do your own research about what you should be. So um, there's a couple of options here. One, Harley, if one of you is the majority or the sort of lead on this, then one of you could operate as a sole proprietor and hire the other one as an independent contractor and create some sort of profit sharing agreement. So Harley could be the sole proprietor and he could set up an agreement with his partner and just say, uh, you know, depending on how well this thing does, you're going to get X percentage of the profits and sort of define what that is and create a document that the person signs acknowledging that they are an independent contractor. And then with that, you could open a bank account as a sole proprietor. Um, if you if you want to open a bank account, you do need to have some sort of legal structure. By default, sole proprietorships are fine. You can do that, but you're probably in either case going to have to register with some sort of uh, you know state office or local office or whatever to show your bank a piece of paper so that they'll actually open the bank account. Yeah, they need the EIN typically, don't they? Well, and if you're a sole proprietor, you don't have to have an EIN, um, and right. that's a that's an employer identification number. You could actually just use your social security number as your EIN, but um, that's probably not a great idea because then you have to give out your social security number to all kinds of different entities, and an EIN is really easy to get a hold of. So, yeah, you're right. I mean that that's a good idea, and uh, and I I think depending on how serious they are about this entity, they probably should form something formal. <laughs> Every time I, I was trying to keep a straight face, and then I heard Caleb kind of giggle. Now I am giggling. Um, okay, so hold on. Let me try to make sense of what you just said, Corbett. You were talking about maybe instead of going partnership route, just because that can get so messy and there can be so many legal implications in that. Maybe one of you is sole proprietor and and cor- basically hires the other as a as a contractor. If he, if he knows for sure that he wants to build this with this other partner as like a no, we want to do it for reals, we want to do it for seriousies, and uh, we need to do it seriously, what, what quickly would you tell him 
is the is the next step for him. Well, there's like three, probably around three entities that they're going to look into: either a partnership, an LLC, or a corporation. And that's a whole rabbit hole that we can go down. We should get you know a qualified attorney on the show to talk about it. And I know we've talked about it in the past, but yeah, uh, and that's what he was saying. It's kind of a combination of a couple of episodes that we were talking about. And I sure, sure. I'm sure that we brought that up before. But basically, those are the three entities that you'd look into. And even if he wanted to open a bank account as a partnership, yeah. he's still going to need some sort of paperwork to show the bank. You can, you can, by default, if you don't form an entity, you're going to be a partnership if you're working with someone else. But a partnership also is the kind of thing that you can form with paperwork. And a bank is going to require yeah. that paperwork to start a bank account. Ra- like the quick, quick. Cliff notes of this thing is just start it up as yourself, uh, as a s- sole proprietor, just a separate account from your own personal account, and then uh, bring on the other person as uh, as essentially a contractor, but but you're the business entity as a sole proprietor. That's that's a you know, this isn't your like re- you know professional recommendation. You're, you're kind of trying to be careful because you're not a lawyer and we don't want to give anybody advice. Yada yada yada. Right. But uh, <laughs> one quick way to do it would be to do that. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, the the thing is like. It's expensive to form an entity, especially if you get a lawyer involved. You're going to be talking about thousands. Even if you don't have a lawyer involved, there are fees. In some states like California, it's at least $800 plus other filing fees to create some sort of entity like an LLC. So if you're not sure about this thing and about the relationship you're going to have with your partner and all this kind of stuff, there's a lot of reasons not to form an entity right away. Uh, partly yeah. because you just don't know this other person, maybe, and you want to give it, you know, a little bit of trial before you decide to jump in with both feet as equal partners with someone. So that's where you know offering to create this thing as a sole proprietor and to pay the per- the other person based on the profits, if you can get the other person to go for that, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So Harley, hope that helps. Uh, Caleb, anything to add? No. Corbett covered it. Cor- Corbett. <laughs> Herbert, Herbert. Thanks. Thanks. You're just reinforcing what everybody says all the damn time. <laughs> First time I ever heard Corbett's name. It was Derek Halpern at, at Blog World yep. in LA. Corbett. And Derek's like, I'm staying with Corbett. Corbett's pretty cool. He's a pretty cool guy. Corbett, you know, I was like, I don't know about Corbett. And then now I know. I know about Corbett. Corbett's a pretty cool guy. Do you know Corbett? And so it's always been stuck in my head. Uh, and so anytime I hear it, it's kind of like a little giggle. And I like it. Can can that be Corbett's nickname for when he talks money stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's my it's accounting like, nickname. Hi. I'm, yeah, I'm Corbett Bronze. And, and we're here to talk about your finances. Um, okay, great. So Harley, hope that helps. All the best, man. Going, he's moving to Boston, making it count. Uh, good work. Make it, make it the real thing. And thanks for the kind words. We really appreciate it. All right, Caleb, what else we got? All right, we got a question from Tom about monetizing a site. Hey, guys. I uh, love the show. Um, I have a question about a site that I own, seotesttool.com. It's a great site, and I get some pretty good traffic, about 2,500 uniques a month. But I... I'm struggling to actually try to figure out a way to monetize it. So if you have any suggestions or ideas on that, get good traffic. Um, I don't have any good way to get them to help me support it. So any ideas? I'd love it. Thanks a lot. Keep up the good work. All right, Tom, we're uh, we're pulling it up now. Uh, thanks for the question, man. Uh, pulling up seotesttool.com. Free SEO test. Caleb, uh, have, did, you, did you look at this beforehand? A little bit, yeah. You can basically go up and check and see how your site is doing seo wise and it has some tools there to help you do that and a test to put your website into and the keyword and see how you're ranking for it and stuff 
And Tom is principally concerned here with, okay, we've got a little bit of traffic. We've got a useful tool. How can we monetize this thing? First and foremost, it, it, could, it could maybe not be free. Um, you could charge a buck for someone to run a test on a different site. Uh, of course, that means your traffic goes down. Uh, and or in terms of people using the thing goes down, right? That's one one idea is to actually charge to run this test, or maybe you get, you know, two for free, and then uh, you have some sort of a will. We've got a premium uh, thing that you could pay for five dollars a month. We'll send you an email every week with the test, just so you know your SEO yeah, ranking doesn't ideas, doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't sl- oh sorry I didn't know. God, Chase, you just stepped all like over that. his idea. Step on it, broke it. <laughs> Like a glass I'm under sorry, a I can't turn these business ideas off. You guys are too precious with your ideas. I'm telling you, it's really easy to come up with business ideas. And so I just did one. I did one right there. And and just goes to show to, to anyone listening, um, you know, you don't have to be some fancy pants Harvard MBA sort of guy to come up with a bit of a business idea. You know, it's quite simple. So anyways, Caleb, tell me more about what you were thinking. No, you took it already. I'm mad. Aww. I'm in timeout now. Take his, I'm sorry. I'm take Here's my your ball back. Here's your ball back, bro. Come on. I can't play by myself. I was just going to say, you know, send them reports once a week. This is your new status. You've gone down or gone up. I know that'd be a little more complicated to build out, but it'd be an idea for monetizing. Yeah, and especially if you've got some sort of traffic and, and a small sort of, you know, and, and it, I mean, it's just a quick little buy. You know, I could pay... $5 a month or $20 for the whole year. <laughs> you know? Yep. That's going to make you more than that's going to make you more than your your advertising probably will. He he has a little ad down here in the bottom right corner for, you know, right what I'm seeing right now is PR web. It's just a Google whatever. Oh, so, so I don't even using, see I didn't even see any ads cuz I yeah, block all mine. On mine. Oh, got nice it. job, Caleb. On mine it says uh Bluehost. But, you know, those those ads people uh, we should just kind of, you know, tell everybody listening to this yeah, quit it. <laughs> Ad, yeah, those ads don't work because you're not getting a recommendation from the site owner. You don't have any trust built up necessarily with the site owner or whatever. And so you're seeing this thing here on the page or you're not because you've blocked it like Caleb has. But even if you see it, you don't even notice. It's just part of your conditioning on the internet is to ignore banner ads, especially yeah. when it's this Google ad that's just white and uh, you know, black text on a white background. It's like you don't even think about it, basically. Yeah. So you might be able to sell Bluehost. That's the ad that I'm seeing right now, and Bluehost is a, a web host. You might be able to sell that like day and night, but you're going to have to do it in a different way. And I noticed that um, yeah. he has, when you start the SEO page test here, um, he actually collects your email address, and it's a required field. And he probably requires that, you know, to give you the test results or something. I don't know. I didn't go through it, but. Um, that you know, he's establishing a relationship with those people. So then, and he has another ad on this one. It says "Deploy New Relic for one year." Maybe that's because I looked at that site or whatever. But anyway, those yeah. ads aren't going to aren't going to do shit. So our our regular advice to people is sell a product or a service, or at least do some affiliate marketing for something. But to do it directly, not through ads like this. Uh, affiliate. Yeah, I I actually this makes me think of a lot of different things. Like first of all, like you mentioned, the affiliate stuff, right? Yep. Well, there's a lot of things that, that, I mean, there's, there's services from professionals, 
right? So there's there's also tools that like so SEO Moz, right? Uh, or I guess they're just called Moz now. They have a lot of stuff, and I'm sure that stuff's for sale. And, and there's like Ninja Dragon keyword, whatever. All these SEO tools that real SEOs use. Um, those are someone who's look, interested in this might be interested in that. So you can create you know custom affiliate relationships with those people, hawk some of their products here because someone who's landing here might be interested in that. Or you can go to like I see you've got um, you know SEO basics is one of the things in the navigation like if that ends up being like today i was just looking into micro formats i think that's what they're called or uh anyways like so the little like micro formats in your html code that says that that says when i list corbett Barr's name next to a post that he's written i there's a little micro format that i add that no is not visible on the page but it's in the code that lets google know oh this is the author he's telling me about the author right now this isn't just some random piece of text it's telling me about the author so if i display this result on a search page i can pull in that author's name right there um I don't know anything about this stuff. I mean, I have seen them for forever, and we've always used little ones here and there, but I'm realizing that our site is way out of date in terms of those microformats. And um, and so I, was, I have no idea where to start and learn on that. So if I clicked on, if I was the equivalent of clicking on, you know, microformat basics, and you were going to tell me, like, listen, zero bullshit. Here's what you need to know. Here's the first five things you need to know that are the most important. Here's a here's a nine dollar PDF that'll that'll run you through the whole thing and it's got some videos, trainings, and this, that, and the other, some screencasts and all this other crap. It's gonna teach you everything you need to know about it so you're ranking yada yada yada, right? Um I, I, I would pay that nine dollars just as long as it as long as it gave me the things that, that I needed to know quickly and easily. So the SEO basics, the idea of of a, an educational material, because the guy who's coming, the person who's coming here is probably like someone like my dad in a lot of ways. You know, like a baby boomer who's like been on LinkedIn long enough to hear the term SEO and like, oh yeah, SEO is really important. You know, probably not an expert. You know. But uh, see, there I go with the, you know, geez, Louise, now I hear it and it's starting to stick in my craw, you guys. But uh, but probably not an expert, uh, probably not someone who's never heard the term SEO, though. And so you've got this really neat mix of, of early on people and some things to educate them about, some sort of email series that'll say, listen, we have a 10-week email series that'll, that's for free. We'll just send it to you. Every week, we'll give you one thing to do on your website that'll improve your, your search engine ranking. You know, and, and, and enter your things in here. We'll give you that for free. And then you slowly are building relationship and trust with them over time through 10 emails, 10 weeks. And then you have a premium thing to sell them. You say, listen, this can go all year. And we've got we've got these five things we've identified on your site that could totally be improved. Um, and again, maybe that doesn't scale. Maybe you have yourself like writing each one of those individual things, but that's fine. Try it out for a little while. See if it see if it's actually valuable and people are willing to pay for it. And then you can then you can actually you know scale it later and turn it into something that people are willing to pay for. I guess what I'm getting at is this isn't just some SEO you know, SEO tool website that like, now that I've made it and it's got some traffic, how do I slap ads on it or sell affiliate stuff? It's like, there's actually, a, there's, there's real meaningful services built into this thing that haven't really been, uh, ex- uh, I guess, expressed very much. So there's a lot of options for you. I hope you, uh, I hope you take it seriously, Tom. And, and, uh, or it may, it's just an option. It's one of those things that could work out. Nailed it. <laughs> I'm going to cut out that pause. You're a turd. <laughs> You should have jumped right in with that. You know it. <laughs> All right. Anything else to add for Tom? No, I feel the same way. I just keep 
driving traffic to it probably it's all coming through seo just people landing on the site figuring out what those people's problems are you know they're obviously not ranking where they want to after they do the report i'm assuming unless they're number one have some sort of free thing for them to download or some guide that then later in a few weeks if they stay on your email list then they can either work with you one-on-one or you can offer them affiliate stuff to other programs or tools that'll help them or maybe you have a book or another guide that they paid for so yeah absolutely yeah it's interesting i makes me think i kind of like doing this sort of stuff so long as you understand people that like these are just we don't we're not people that have right answers we just have been doing this stuff for a long time and so we see things but this might totally be the wrong business for tom Right, Tom might be like, actually, this is just something I farted together, and I, I'm, I'm much more—I care much more about this. And if he sticks with this business, it'll burn him out, right? So the the these are just suggestions, but I really kind of like looking at businesses this way and and thinking through ideas because half the time it comes quite simple. Do you find that, guys? But you know, I think that you just said something that is assuming maybe a little bit more than Tom is assuming. You said, "I love looking at businesses this way." And I think Tom yeah. is seeing this as a quick and dirty, you know, air quote, passive income opportunity or something where he puts a tool up, slaps some ads on it and, and yeah. you know, lives off of the, the passive income for the rest of his life, whatever. Um, but he needs to think of it more as a business because there are some real opportunities there. You have 2,500 people a month, he said, coming for a reason because they found this, you know, probably through looking on Google for SEO tool or SEO test or something. They found his site, they're looking for something. They have a specific need at yeah. the time and you can fulfill that and then follow on with something that delivers even more value and then charge them for it. Yeah, absolutely. That's certainly that's the dream I think for for us three when we were talking about what because you there's you I mean like Rob Walling's a guy that I'm a big fan of and he does a lot of different little individual little tools you know, li- like invoicing email all these little individual little tools and he's very successful with them and I and I applaud his success but man if I was doing those businesses I would be so bored I would not be interested and it would be soul crushing but he's a lot more analytical he's a lot more strategic he thinks through things I think he's really excited by those sorts of businesses there's a real Knowing who you are and what you dig Mm -hmm. and figuring out what stories you actually care about. You know, so Tom, this idea of people who have problems ranking in search results, it's not, I mean, the problem isn't going to go away. The problem, uh, it's a bummer that, you know, Google can just fart and all of a sudden their whole algorithm changes and everything about your tool has to change too to, to, you know, so you're building your house on Google's property, which is a little bit of a bummer. Uh, And maybe Bing. A little bit too. I don't know what I think three or four people still use Bing or are starting to use Bing or whatever. But, uh, but regardless, what's it? It's a story. It's a story for business. The, the, the story isn't even the storyline for this business isn't even SEO. It's I want people to discover me. I want people to learn about my business. Right. And they're coming at you through thinking about search. So you help them with search. But then there's a lot of other ways that you help them. Uh, in, in allowing the audience, the, the potential audience to discover and find these businesses. So the storyline, being able to abstract that out of this little tool and then say, huh, what other things can I do for these people? Now that, now that they've said, Hey, I trust you enough to give you my email, my website. Here's some things. You provided some value. And now you're like, okay, 
Let's do a social test tool or something like that as well. Or let's create an agency or let's work with clients or, or I don't want to work with clients, but I can hire four people who are great at it. it. There's a lot of options to build this business. If you look at it, abstract it one layer up from SEO test tool and into, uh, you know, helping newbies with, with real good businesses with SEO. Then go one up from that. One layer up from that would be helping people discover my business. One layer up from that would be, I don't know what, you know, making the world a better place or something like that, right? But looking at these different story arcs, I find for me has been essential for figuring out who is Fizzle or what is Fizzle? What, is, what was Think Traffic when we were designing that site? Smart Passive Income, uh, Nerd Fitness, all of these things, that's become a real interesting piece of the puzzle for me and and i'm I'm kind of ranting on it now but but the idea it's really interesting when you see it so specifically like this corbett when you say it the way you've just said it that he's not looking at this as a business it's just this little tiny tool but abstract that layers up by asking yourself so that right you go or you know because you know i created seo test tool because X because Y because because Z keep answering those questions and you you get into more interesting business layers. I'm done. <laughs> drop I'm done. the mic. I'm done. No, I'm not. That wasn't a drop the mic. That was more like a. Are we still on? <laughs> is this, is this are thing you guys still there? working? Yeah. <laughs> is this thing still working? All right. What do you think? What, what's our timeline? Do can we can we do some rapid yeah, fire here? Okay. All right. So rapid fire. Here's one from Tyson about being too young to be an entrepreneur. Hey guys. Uh, it's Tyson Brown now, and I'm calling you guys from Townsville in Australia. First of all, I just want to say you guys are one of my favorite podcasts I listen to, and I've been listening to you guys for the last you know couple of months now. My question for you guys is, what do you do when you're 18 years old and you don't know what path to go down? Like, there are so many opportunities for me to do, and I know you guys say just start, but I don't know what exactly to start with because people say start with your passion but there's just so many things I'm passionate about you know this week I'm passionate about something and then next week I'm passionate about something else it's just it's so hard for me to really niche down and then think about oh yeah I can write about this or I mean I've tried YouTube channels and I'm not the best at speaking on camera I know I've only done it like you guys say you're not going to be the best the first time but I don't know what to do. What were you guys doing at 18? Like, should I just be researching or or am I too young to be an entrepreneur? Should I just be learning for the, for the next five or ten years until I'm older and have more knowledge and wisdom because maybe people won't see me as an expert in my field because I'm so young. I don't know. These are just some doubts I have about myself, but I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on it. And once again, thanks for making such a good podcast. Well, yeah. Wow, Tyson. Sounds like you're really going through it, bro. Pretty serious. He even dropped an F-bomb in there. Uh, did he? Isn't that what yeah, he said at the, the end, end there? Was, yeah. I, I was so charmed by the accent. What did he say at the end? Because you kind of you kind of cut me oh, off. Court. Oh, sorry. He, he said such a great podcast. Oh, wow. That's kind. That is kind. Good work, Tyson. Ty, where, where did he say? I know... Oh, dude! Now I'm gonna—I'm not gonna make the mistake of calling a uh, New Zealander or an Australian. Oh, please don't. He was he, he was Australian. Do you remember where he's Australian? Okay, all right. Close one. <laughs> Good work, guys. Hey, we got through that together. 
<laughs> Tyson, okay, 18. I love this question. And let's go around the horn right now and, and answer this. What were you doing, Corbett, at 18? I was going to college and working a full-time job. Caleb? I was a freshman in college and didn't have a job. Just took a lot of classes. Yeah, Trying I was to in college. Out what I wanted to do. Did you have any ideas then? I was the kind of guy that went to the major fair where like <laughs> they had like all the colleges there with the little booths and you'd like walk around <laughs> and get packets and like figure out what classes. Yeah. <laughs> with a bag full of packets. Yep. Just a bag. You born, you're sucking. like a born conference goer. <laughs> I could see you and Nathan Berry just walking around at 18 just with a bag full of packets just like uh golly uh you know 3m certainly had some interesting things to say about uh the future uh, i liked that guy um to be honest the marines are kind of getting my vote right now i liked that too uh th- what, what was your thought right then did you was there like a ve- uh, a, a vendor or whatever that you uh you were leaning towards it, w- it wasn't like companies it was more like what should i major in in college so it, it was like, like the colleges do i do like it. philosophy or do i go to business school or do i do the, like engineering or what do i do with my life got, got it it's that scene from like every college movie where you're walking through like the quad and there's like a bunch of booths everywhere and like there's the jock guys like hey you gotta try out for lacrosse man it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> like the dancers, the the language lab like kids. Basically, I actually did join crew because of that. They had like one of their crew boats out, and me and my friend were walking. And we're like, eh, "We're not doing anything. Let's get let's, crew let's go crew. Let's let's, let's crew go. it up." <laughs> nice. So that was what I was doing when I was eighteen. Oh man! And they're and they're like, "Hold on, sirs! Before you can get in the boat, you must learn the crew rhyme." <laughs> you know what I want to do? I want to crew. Let's hear you say it. <laughs> I can just picture the popped collars and Sperry topsiders. God, that's good. You, you in college, I could, I could, I have a whole movie about you in my head. Mm. Let's get back to Tyson. Keep that inside your head. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So yeah, when I was at 18, I was, I was in college as well. I was doing a lot of music recording, like just so enamored with my first Macintosh um, and torrenting just tons of software and fiddling with all that stuff and then learning a ton about philosophy i totally thought i was going to be a philosopher i thought that was a profession turns out it's not um but yeah it was all just figuring things out it was being like i went to a liberal arts school then it was being exposed to a bunch of crazy ideas i would have never encountered on my own and i do love that um but the internet is sort of that no matter what. I mean, just turn on BuzzFeed. It's like, you're going to find things you never thought were going to exist in the world, and they are gonna they do. They exist very clearly in the world. Um, so I like that question a lot. What were you doing at 18? That's, I'm, that's going in my, in my list. Then another thing that he asked is, um, I don't know, what, what, what did you hear, well, Caleb? I mean, basically he was saying, what should he pursue because he doesn't know. He's passionate about a lot of different things. And How do you choose? Yeah. And is he too young to be an entrepreneur because people won't take him seriously as an expert or whatever? So let's kind of break that down. Um, the first thing was, what should he pursue? Uh, he's passionate about different things every week, and then it kind of wanes, and then he moves on to another thing. Sometimes it's helpful yeah. not to focus on, I know some people say follow your passion, other people say don't, whatever. If you're having a hard mm-hmm. time figuring out what you're passionate about and what you want to go after as an entrepreneur, 
flip it on its head and instead worrying about you, start thinking about other people. Start looking around and say, who do I know and what sort of problems do they have and which ones do I feel like I could make a dent on you know, or into? Which problems do I feel like I could maybe take a crack at and do better than these people are struggling with and come up with something that might be useful to them? That's a good way to you know come at it from a different angle and see if something strikes your fancy there. The other thing is I think when people are worrying about what should I jump into, maybe they feel like it's a lifelong commitment. They're not sure if they're going to have what it takes to make it work in that particular space. And sometimes you just need to get started. And I know he said you guys say just mm. get started a lot, but sometimes yeah. you do yeah. have to just get started so that you jump into a topic, see that it's not right for you for some reason, and learn from it and move on. Or maybe you make some progress and you end up doing something that's useful, um, but you're still not going to do that probably for your whole life. I mean, or, or maybe you will, but it's, it's pretty rare at 18 to figure out the thing that you're going to do for your whole life. But that, yeah. that sentence right there used to discourage me really bad. It's like, I, I yeah. cannot wait to figure it out. I want to figure it out now. And so what I did is I just tried a bunch of stuff. Like I interned at a bunch of different either companies or places on campus. I got random jobs. I tried to build stuff with friends, make movies, apps, websites, go to the computer lab, like fiddle around on the internet and try to learn things. Um, Just have fun. You're 18, like go to parties and hang out and stuff. I don't know. It's, it's tough because it, we each tell a story of how it took at least a decade to get to where we are now and feel comfortable with like the thing I'm doing is the right thing. But I definitely wasn't listening to entrepreneurship podcast at 18. You know, no. it's like yeah. I, I had no clue. I thought the key to my life's happiness was going to be finding the right job, a good job to do. And this I played ty- a lot of Halo too. Yeah, exactly. And ty- Tyson's <laughs> already ahead of us, you know, at that point because Yes and no, but I mean I, well I do like so I got to jump in because cuz I li- I really resonate with like the idea that first of all I'm passionate about a new thing every week, right? Totally. I was absolutely there. Um, also, this this sort of like, yeah, you say just start and jump in, but that's actually not helpful. And you're right. Like, if I would not have heard that. If someone yelled it in my face when I was 18, I would not have heard it. Because of these, I don't know, it was too stressful. It was too interesting to think about all the things that, it, it was, yeah, may, maybe actually one thing that does shed some light is I, I think, you know, being able to understand that whatever I do first is not the thing that I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And I have to get that through my thick skull. I might have had here ears to hear that. But uh, the idea of of just jumping in, it didn't it didn't help because I didn't have anywhere to jump into. Like there was so much I was I was interested in. I did look back. I do look back and I see I was learning a ton of skills in the music, which which really easily translated into video and and into uh, actual design stuff. I mean, I made my first designs when I was in college just for the dorm room shirt for uh, for the dorm in college. You know, we needed to make a shirt, and, and I was the only one who could who could torrent Photoshop, basically, you know? And and so I did, and I, I, was, I had a Mac, and so I, was, I got used to computers. So because I was fooling around and doing all that stuff, now that was a big deal then. Now every kid in the world does that stuff, right? Uh, but, like, learning a skill like design i spent the next 10 years learning how to do that and getting better at it even though i never once made the conscious decision to do it and if i would have if i would have just chosen to be if i would have gone into a graphic design like like uh, major i would have been far less successful 
because I would have tried to do the things that were right for that major. Like I would have been, I would have gotten those the four years, and then I would have gone to do an internship and done this, that, and the other, and never thought I was good enough to do anything on my own, and always tried to work with other people and under tried to be in the agency world and this, that, and the other. But because I didn't do that, because I cut my chops on my on my own, it took me ten years to get good at design. But it also I was doing that on my own the whole time, so it it, it kind of fostered that that entrepreneurialism, entrepreneurialism. But I, I, I don't know. I really feel for Tyson, and I kind of wanted to say... Oh, so my, my one big tip for Tyson is, if I could go back, I would find the people doing business that really inspired me, that I really liked, that I felt like were, wow, I, that's really interesting. I really like that. And I would try to basically apprentice under them. Uh, sometimes you got to do that in a local way. Sometimes you could do it in a virtual way. But but to learn, kind of Caleb, like the way that you started out with with Corbett, yeah. just getting able to being able to see all of the details of the business in that relationship, be, because you you got a you know a basically a, a low paying internship job doing the doing the things that that Corbett needed help doing. Like be be the coffee maker for a long time. Like if I could go back and work under like a George Lois or or some sort of amazing advertising world person, my my life would be totally different. Or work for, you know, I don't know, a a, a Donald Miller or a you know some sort of creative writer, some sort of painter, some sort of interesting, you know, maybe even like a Chase Jarvis or or Gary Vaynerchuk or something like that. Who knows what I would have seen? I was just listening to an interview with. Um, what, what's his name? Zach Klein, who, who was a co-founder in, in Vimeo and now D- DIY. And he's so young that I could never have apprenticed under him, but I would have loved to because I love the way that he was solving problems uh, at Vimeo. Looking at things that way and being a little bit of an apprentice for the next three or four years, you're going to learn a lot, uh, or maybe even if it's just one or two years. And eventually I did do that, but, but the, it was just in, as, you know, at startups and, and, and other companies. So I, I feel for you, Tyson. I think your story is really crazy and interesting, and I can't wait to see what, what comes out of it because you're, you're, you're so smart, you're your, your own worst enemy at this point. You know, the thing that's going to keep you from doing your stuff, like we wrote in that recent uh, uh, blog post, the thing that's going to keep you from doing this stuff is just is yourself. It's you not shipping it. Your big danger is not like, I didn't know about that tool. Your big danger is... I couldn't figure out anything to jump into. And that's where it, it, I mean, even though you don't have ears to hear it, just jump in and get to work and try something. Start a blog that does, goes nowhere. See what that's like, because we've all done that tons of times. Sorry, I'm ranting again. Do you think Whew. he's too young, Corbett? No, I mean, that, that's a silly question. You know, I mean, I, I don't know that that yeah. means that entrepreneurship is right for him at this very moment or right for anyone at 18, but you definitely can do things at 18 years old. There's plenty of examples of people who have. Um, one of the things that he mentioned was, what if people don't take me seriously because I'm young and they don't see me as an expert? Well, pull yourself out yeah. of that um, situation. You don't necessarily have to be an expert. You don't have to be like Tony Robbins or something, you know, and up there like solely mm-hmm. convincing people of things. You can run a company that solves a problem and it's not based on you or your expertise or your personality or whatever. You can Just be the person behind it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. The the software or whatever it is can speak for itself. My two things are are, are you know, try to look at the world through the eyes of an apprentice. Like maybe find someone to apprentice under 
in a formal capacity or, or, or just in a shoot, just go out and copy someone for a little while and see what it's like to, to create a blog post that you basically regurgitate everything that they do. Uh, and whatever. I don't, I don't know. I would never feel comfortable as an artist doing that, but, but, and, and reach out to people that you, seem to like, especially anyone that you can get in person with. But if there's anyone that you find that's doing business that you're interested in, get with them. And then number two, develop a skill. Like I'm so grateful I know how to design and I know how to use these tools and that I can, because of all those years of figuring those things out, it's real easy for me to edit a podcast or put together a video. And because I was just geeking around with video cameras and audio recording and all this stuff, now like we'll look at Fizzle. It's a complete multimedia agency <laughs> as well as being professional training for people who want to build a business, a blog, uh, you know, all of these other things. We've got more skills than we know what to do with, you know, between us three. So learning how to do a skill, you know, whether it's design or just, I don't know, maybe computer is a skill, but research is also a skill. But cruising around the internet, trying to click on this, that, and the other, seeing what's interesting, it's good and you'll know a lot, but, but there's no substitute for really getting sweaty, working something out. Yeah, I mean, you can work on things like productivity, work ethic, getting your health in order, being able to work to deadlines, being able to learn something quickly. There's all these different types of skills you're talking about, Chase, that apply no matter what kind of thing you're doing that are helpful to learn and to dive into. And I do, I do kind of draw a different line between like being able to design and like being able to handle email skills. Uh, You know? Yeah. I guess it's just like, there's, there's almost like standards. Like you have to be able to know how to deal with email, but no, like the, the, the level of, of even like you, Caleb, like the level of design acumen that you have is so valuable to people who have zero of that mm-hmm. and they have a really great idea and they might have like twice the size of the audience of, that any of us are dealing with, but they just, they, they have to rely on everybody else for everything else, you know, um, again, take a shot, you know, so Tyson, we, bo- we all, uh, we, we like your story. We want to hear more from you, uh, in the future. Dig in. I, I'm, pre- I'm really interested to see what you hear and, and take away from this. I just just know that uh, we've been there, I, you know. We've all been in that mode, and there's no easy way out. And uh, everybody wants to be a bodybuilder, but nobody wants to lift this heavy ass weight. That's right. You, know? you guys, you know, um, we did it again. What did we do? We went rapid fire, and I think we took longer <laughs> to answer that question, question than <laughs> than any <laughs> of the others. It's a really good question, though. I love. I feel so much for that. I mean, we could never make money talking to people like Tyson. Like, if we could just make our whole business about about that. I think Josh Shipp does. Josh Shipp does, right? But that's because he gets paid. He doesn't... The, Tyson doesn't pay him money. The, the schools that Tyson right. goes to pay his Josh money. You know? But, but, like, I'm so... I love this question so much because if I could go back and tell myself some shit, I would I would not shut up, man. I would have so much shit to tell myself. And at, at the same time, it's really hard to think about what would you actually say. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right, so uh, I think that that just about covers it for the uh, Q&A of February. Uh, This was Money Month at Fizzle, uh, Fizzle Show, and the Sparkline. And uh, if you need to, you you, you can go uh, back, go land on fizzle.co slash sparkline. You'll see everything we've posted uh, and published in in February, and it's all about money stuff, going all the way back to Josh's, Josh Ship's, post on you know money matters at it and it doesn't and then our previous three episodes uh 
I, I don't know which how you guys feel, but I kind of like breaking up the months this way and thinking about things in this sort of like publishing calendar mode. Yeah. Does that feel easy or hard for you? No, I like it. It's good. It gives us uh, sort of a theme to follow and an arc, a little story arc between the episodes. What's, what's coming up in, uh, in March, Chase? So in March, we're talking about email. If, if nothing changes between uh, right now, uh, and by the way, this is like the first time we've ever, or first time in a long time, we've been this close to recording wh- when we're going to publish it. So we're we're recording this exactly a week away from when we're going to publish it. So we could like talk about real time stuff right Ooh, now. Ooh, real time, too. like <laughs> yeah, like like uh, like the second season of House of Cards. No, Am I right? no, we could no, be talking not, about that. Talk about do not that. ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm only two episodes in. Uh, you guys are all. What, are you are you watching it? I have not watched it yet. I'm still unpacking. Oh my! But you you watched all season one? Yes. No, I haven't because my wife selfishly watched it when I was away one weekend. So now I'm never going to see it. Wives are the worst. But you're not like a guy that in, you're like you like think about like oh, it's not that good. Like you you don't even care. Sometimes I do. You never know. That could have been the se- the series for me right there. That could have been the one. It could. It could. All right. I have been Chase Warman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. And I've been Caleb Logic. And we'll see you there. Or we'll see you on another time. So there you have it. Our thanks to Paige, Harley, Tom, and Tyson for you guys' questions. We love hearing from you all. And you can ask your question at fizzleshow.co slash ask. And we'll do our best to answer that live on the air. Next month is all about email. So maybe you have some email questions. How do I grow my list? How do I this, that, and the other? How do I all this stuff? Let us know. We'll answer them next month. For show notes, uh, all the links that you could ever want about this episode, you can go to fizzleshow.co slash 43. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 43. You can also find there uh, this amazing video of Ron White floating down the river pissing on yourself. <laughs> and th- my thanks to the, to the folks who, who got back to us after the last episode. Uh, sounds like you guys really do use the show notes page in, in the comments there. So add your voice. If you liked this show, uh, if you like what we're doing here at the Sparkline and Fizzle, could, could I ask you to do something? Could you please leave us an honest rating in iTunes? Just just let us know what you think of the show. We read every single one. Um, if you like this and if you like what we're doing at the Sparkline, could, you, could I just ask you to please leave us an honest rating in iTunes? Just open up iTunes, go to the iTunes store, search for Fizzle. Try not to click the big <laughs> Jamaican dance hall music booty. Uh, click on the three white boys instead. And write us an honest review. It doesn't cost you much, and it means the world to us because it helps other hopeful, you know, budding entrepreneurs find this show and get more comfortable in their own skin. That's our dream, at least. It is the end of February. February, folks. We did a lot this month. We covered a lot of things about money, how to think about it, how to sell things online. We made a book about Gumroad, about how to use it with a quick little quick start video. You got to check that out at fizzle.co slash Gumroad. We did a lot and we're doing even more next month. We're, We're focusing all on email. So what I want you to do for your business is make a plan for March. Okay, March is starting right now. I want you to write down three things that you want to do for your audience by March 31st. Put it on the wall where you'll see it every morning. Okay? Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks. Talk to you next Fizzle Friday.